Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything different. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up Podcast. I'm Chris Solomon, joined today by a 2015 Masters Champion, U.S. Open Champion, and recently the 2016 Australian Open Champion, Jordan Spieth. Jordan, you had a week off last week. How did you celebrate the win? It happened to be Thanksgiving week as well. How did you uh, how'd you deal with the week off? Yeah, we uh, I stayed a, a couple extra days in Australia. Um, came back Tuesday. Uh, got to spend Thanksgiving at home, see family, friends. Uh, the last couple of years, the Aussie Open was actually on Thanksgiving, so it was kind of nice being home, eating uh, eating some good food, watching football all day. Um, I kind of rested, didn't do a whole lot. Then started to gear up on the weekend, heading into here in, uh, in the Bahamas this week. What happens to the golf clubs after this week? And it's not too far away from Kapalua, <laughs> but do they get put up for a couple for a few days, or what happens? Yeah, they'll be put up. I, I took a break after the Ryder Cup this year and did some celebrating, I guess, and, and hung the clubs up for a few weeks, which is as long as I've ever done. Uh, this time, I'll probably I'll probably take a a week or so off, and then just kind of. Uh, that's when a lot of the, the guys will be back in town, whether they're PGA Tour guys or web guys or even guys trying to make it um, through Q School, uh, Latino America, all that. We get a, a good group back in Dallas. and So I'll probably hang them up for a week, but then everyone will start playing some games. So we'll just – I'll probably play a lot of golf, not do as much practicing until we uh, get closer to Hawaii. Because you recently just put some new equipment in the bag and new irons. Did you – it seemed like a, obviously a very easy transition for you. You just won with them. How long or does that testing process work? Or if, you know, if you're staying with the same equipment company, is it really easy to just change out a set of irons? Uh, not necessarily. It has been for me going uh, back a ways from the start of the AP2s. I had trouble switching to the 716s to start. Uh, I was having a lot of success with the ones I was playing, and then I, I, they just, I, I found a set that kind of dug a little weird into the ground, so I, I was just you know, I was kind of stubborn about changing. And then uh, my coach, Cameron, really wanted me to try out uh, the Project X 6.5s instead of 6.0, so a little stiffer shaft um, in the irons. And um, with that, uh, we were also testing out kind of the, the CBs and the AP2s and trying to find a shaft iron combination. It took probably a couple full days of um, track man and um, sessions at his place and trying to trying to hit different shots, just seeing how they compare to the gamers I had. And we found out that they were um, the same, maybe even a little bit better in crosswinds. I'm just hitting it a, a little bit straighter in the crosswinds. There's not as much um, movement to the ball. Um, so I just decided, hey, you know, good time to try them out at, in Australia and then here at Tiger's event. Um, they work, I mean, they work fine there. Uh, coming in here, play maybe a little bit more in the wind. Uh, so we'll kind of see how they perform here. But, yeah, I put those in the bag. Other than that, I actually switched to the new ball, too. I switched to the um, 2000 and what, I guess it'll be the 17 Pro V1X. Haven't found much of a difference from the 15 other than just a little better in, in crosswind. Same thing as the irons. So with the same equipment, I, I've really – it's actually been a lot – a lot easier transitioning than maybe other guys have 
Um, but I've played titles my whole life. I just, you know, when you trust something, it makes it a lot easier. Uh, haven't put the new driver in yet, but hopefully pretty soon. And I, I want to get in. I know you don't have a ton of time. I want to get into to, to 2016 versus 2015 yet at the same time. I know that's kind of a narrative that's been beaten to death. But um, I, I want to know, if I'm looking at stats, looking at strokes gain, crunching numbers, the only real significant dip in your play Overall, I would say was your uh, was your irons your approach the green strokes gain stat. Do you care about those stats? Do you look into those stats as you game plan for a new year, or is that something that you can already kind of feel? Or what's your approach towards the numbers? Yeah, so we, we, we use strokes gain. We have for three or four years now. Mark Brody sends uh, stuff over to Cameron. I, I don't dive into it too deep. I kind of ask Cameron and kind of tread on what um, kind of the depth that he wants me to be at. So I don't you know, kind of go over, overthink it. But we found out from 60 to 150 yards, really the scoring, scoring approach yardage uh, is where I fell off a little bit. Um, and so we've really tried to, tried to nail stuff down in that, in that range. And that's really just the wedges, wedges into nine, maybe eight iron. Um, it's the short iron play that um, I fell a little bit off of 2015. But like you said, everything else held pretty solid. I mean, I certainly can improve – um, a bit more off the tee, um, not necessarily distance, but more playing the right shots to be a little more accurate. Uh, but that the scoring distances are where most of um, the improvement needs to come. Uh, but we do we do dive into that. That's very important. We look at that normally in October. We look at it again in December, um, and then we kind of pick a plan for the year, uh, kind of a practice plan when I'm at tournaments and at home um, to figure out how to tighten that gap. Yeah, and along the same vein of, uh, I think you, you and I are both in the same in agreement that you took way too much heat for your 2016 season. You viewed this season as a success, as do I. Um, you could kind of you went from being the next best thing on the tour to literally being the best thing to being the number one ranked in tour. When you're the next best thing, everybody loves you. When you're number one, people like to have an opinion on it. So it. Other, not necessarily in golf. How would you say it, your life was most impacted um, from your Monster 2015 season? Uh, it's being recognized. Um, kind of, uh, honestly, getting your getting your butt kissed by everybody. Um, <laughs> in a way, I mean, it, it really is the case. People laugh at everything you say, even when you're not that funny. I just I did mean, it. I mean, legitimately, it's. Um, you go from uh, it, it, it. Things just change. It just. Um, I mean, I certainly have the people that that have been with me since day one, which I'm lucky that that's our team. But also, you know, my friends back home since high school. You know, those are my best friends to this day. Um, so, at home, everything's the same. Um, you know, 15 kind of just took it on to you know a, a worldly. You know, people. I mean, all around the world now, where I've gone getting recognized whether it's at a golf tournament or at a just a random you know you stopped in to have a beer somewhere it's 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 bizarre um i mean obviously uh it makes things a bit different you got to kind of watch yourself you can't necessarily let loose the way you used to unless you find you know find the right locations to so um it all i mean certainly has tremendous advantages i'm not trying to make it out to seem anything bad at all it's i'm you know accomplishing my lifelong goals it's a lot of fun um but there are certainly um, uh, responsibilities that come with it. Um, 16 is where you see the uh, um, kind of what, what anybody that's in that spotlight has to deal with. I mean, you can't keep 
um, kind of a, a record-breaking year up every single year. Nobody does. Uh, yet at the same time, how can you convince yourself that if you're more of a perfectionist? So it's been kind of the internal struggle in 2016, um, and that's uh, – something that I learned a lot this year, you know, there's going to be negativity. You know, I had a heartbreak at the masters. that was just, you know, kind of tough to let go for a little, I knew it would be, but, um, probably won't fully be over that unless I, uh, or until I get another chance at a major championship and, and, uh, and then, you know, capitalize on it. Um, until then that'll, that'll be something that's sticking with me. It just, you know, that's what it is, what it is. But at the same time, um, what Jack had, what, 19 second place finishes in majors? Hmm. I mean, he had plenty that uh, you could probably correct me on the numbers there. But, uh, <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, but he, I mean, so it's just, if you look at it from a 25 year career, I've started to look at big picture things more, and um, and it settles me down a bit. Um, not trying to be so, uh, so focused on the here and now, but looking at it, hey, you know, you, if we had this, <laughs> what I like to say now, and, um, Whenever I'm asked about comparing 15 and why I didn't have the same success as 15, you know, if I did, by the end of my career, I'd have 120 wins. And, um, what is it that 50 majors? So, I mean, <laughs> how exactly can you do that? You can't. So, um, it was a lot of fun. I'm telling you what, this year was a lot of fun too. I had a great time doing it. Uh, two different kind of learning processes, though. Yeah, you're almost better off, I think, from a persp- media perspective, spacing out when you win your majors rather than winning uh, winning two <laughs> yeah. at such a young age. But Rory even kind of predicted before the season started that uh, you were going to be treated differently, kind of in the same way you, that you mentioned, uh, especially within the media. Did you feel that like throughout the season? I, I, I sense some frustration with you from you with just the kind of questions that you got. So did you kind of feel... I don't want to say the wrath of the media, but did you feel like uh, the the questions changed and the attention you got was much different from them? You know, uh, just uh, just after the Masters, and then after the after that kind of wore off a little. It was the Olympics, and <laughs> both I obviously regret decisions I made in both. So, um, all in all, uh, you know, I did, and I think it was a little bit of. Um, a little bit of immaturity on my part, not recognizing that 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 that, that, that was going to keep coming. Um, you know, like I said, I mean, in fifteen, everybody's kissing your ass. I mean, every question's good, all is good in in the world of golf, and then you know that just can't stay that way all the time. And I think I just didn't quite want to um, didn't want to recognize that, believe that, and it kind of set me off guard and got me a, a little short tempered um, a couple times. But I, you know, at the same time. Uh, I like things. I, you know, I don't like to necessarily um, tell them everything that, that's going on because, you know, then they're going to take it and run with it, and you're going to keep on having to talk about it. So, trying to find a balance there with the media is, was um, was something that you know I wish I'd done a little bit better and a little earlier on, just to settle down and say, you know, like I mentioned, I didn't realize this whole look at the big picture thing until a little late, but um, I, I feel great right now. I mean, honestly, I feel great right now. This, had a lot of time off, got really healthy and a um, bit stronger and, and, and mentally really looked at a lot of things this past year and how to improve um, because, you know, it was a great year that if I look at it as a down year and it is a down year, then, man, that's one hell of a down year. So um, I'm really, really confident when I look at it that way. 
Uh, last last one on this topic. We'll move on to something more fun, I promise. But uh, I don't want to say uh, January 1 is a bad example because you won uh, in Kapalua. But let's say if you could go back to like January 10 of last year and tell that version of Jordan Speed something, what would you tell him? Uh, <laughs> it's not going to be as easy as it was in Hawaii. <laughs> um, everything seemed easy that week. Uh, be patient. I mean, just a little bit more patience. Um, again, I would just say to, to think about the longevity of not only a, a round of golf, but of a career. Um, I don't regret any, any of the decisions I made on course. I mean, I, the way I play is always an aggressive nature. I think uh, you of all people could probably appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> I think, um, you know, going to go for broke and it's going to lead to heartbreak and it's going to lead to extreme triumph too. I mean, you, you got to play to win. And so I don't regret any kind of de- decisions. I would just tell myself to, to be patient and, and to not quite give out as much detail um, when it's not necessary. So, I mean, just, but at, at the same time, I'm happy that I went through the process of learning that throughout a year. Very good. All right, on to a topic I know you like to talk about, the Ryder Cup. Uh, a lot to celebrate this year in that regard. Um, I, f- I find the dynamic really fascinating because when, when, from an accomplishment standpoint, uh, you're a two-time major champion. Um, you, Patrick Reed, while still a top ten player in the game, just has not accomplished the same things that you have in your, in your careers. Yet when it comes Ryder Cup time, um, he is the alpha male in the, two, the the pairing between the two. You've even referred to how you refer, you defer to him to concede whether or not you concede putts and whatnot. How what what is that dynamic like for you to be kind of in the passenger seat? Whereas you know you are you know the fifth ranked player in the world at this point, two time major champion. Yet you're kind of deferring to a guy that doesn't even have, doesn't have the same track record as you. It, it, it's um. Oh man, it's just it's a lot of fun. I mean, it, I know I know you guys. I know everybody. Um, whether you're an American or European, had fun watching Patrick Reed. Even the, the last two Ryder Cups. I mean, imagine being right by his side, listening to the things he was saying <laughs> as we walked down the fairways. I mean, it's exactly what you'd probably expect he was saying, and it makes it even better. Um, yeah, it, it was an interesting position to be in as kind of a Type A personality. Um, Having to, you know, just just be like, all right, let's, uh, all right, calm down, all right, get pumped up. You know, I mean, you, you, you know, the guy, the guy just wants he he wants to be in a in a position where he feels like his back's against the wall. It's where he plays his best. It's where he brings out his best. It's where he shows the best emotion. I mean, I I thought I thought I broke my thumb when I stood on the seventeen. I remember this year, Patrick hold it hold that wedge on number six, a par five, yep. when we were playing. Uh, I think it was best ball. Might have been alternate. I'm, I'm not sure, but um, he hold he hold that wedge, and I start. I threw my putter up in the air. I started running back to him, and <laughs> he thought we were going for the chest bump, and uh, I instead went for their normal high five. <laughs> I mean, he took my hand off. I mean, I I get on the tee on seven, and I and I grip the club, and I bring Michael over like I normally do, just to use the towel to, to wipe my hands and grip, and I and I was like Mike. This isn't for the towel, dude. I literally can't feel my right hand right now. He's like, all right, we'll just, just put a smooth swing on it. I hooked this thing so far into the water left. So Patrick, that's your fault. You got this hole too. I was like, it was, um, man, he just, the, the fire he brings, uh, just the, it's just, it's just, he's Captain America, man, in that, in that tournament. I, I love being his teammate. I love being a part of it. It's, um, he, uh, in the President's Cup last year, 
I partnered with, with Dustin Johnson for a couple rounds, and Patrick was so pissed at me <laughs> that we were partnering. And so finally, we're uh, we're playing in the last uh, last evening, Saturday evening, I guess, in best ball. They, we we got put back together, and um, and we ham and egged it and shot something ridiculous because he was trying to beat me so bad. He wanted to want to, he didn't give a crap who we were playing. He just wanted to, be, he was so pissed at me that week for going to DJ. He reminded me every time I saw him, even during that match. And then he just went out and made like six or seven birdies in the round. And, uh, and we closed him out in the dark. It was, I mean, it was, I mean, those team events are, are one of a kind. It's where you build kind of relationships with these guys where when you're at a tournament like this with 18 players, everybody's going to be hanging out with everyone the whole week because you've already had those experiences together. I mean, it's, it's amazing for, you know, a few years ago, was it four years ago? I was, I was, you know, getting ready for my last finals. And now these guys are the people I looked up to so much are now peers. I mean, it's, it's, it really is amazing. And those team events are what really brings it out on and off the course. I mean, instead of, instead of sitting there and saying, all right, Brant Snedeker's got this 20 footer to beat you in this tournament, <laughs> you've never I mean you obviously want to him to be able to make and you to make it on top but in these events to watch these guys that you kind of are, are playing against and actually root for them and ride that momentum with them it's, it's special what uh, you got you gotta you can't say like uh, you can't reference all the things that Reed says walking down the fairway and not give us like one example of just something crazy <laughs> that he said at the Ryder Cup this year uh that's suitable. That's 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 repeatable. I, I don't know. I don't know what kind of words are acceptable <laughs> here, but um, everything's acceptable uh, on here. Everything's acceptable on here. Um, let's see. Let me try and give you an example here. It's just like the 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 common um, like Patrick. Patrick, look, these guys are in trouble. Like, like I'll walk, I'll walk over because the guy he he wants to hit it to a foot every time, and then just kind of pump his chest, you know. And so, I remember I, the first time I really recognized him in the Ryder Cup was when we played our first match ever in the Ryder Cup, and we played against Ian Poulter and Stephen Gallagher in uh, in Scotland at Glen Eagles, and um, we we're on I think it was the fifth hole of par four, and we're playing alternate. Sh- no, we're playing best ball against them. And we're already one up, I think, early. And they are both in big trouble. Gallagher's in trouble off the tee. Poulter's now hit in the water on the second. And I hit it kind of on the left side of the green, about 30, 40 feet. Patrick's last to hit. And I go, Patrick, what do you, um, he's like, what do you like here? And I'm like, dude, 25 feet left, we win the hole. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm going right at the stick. <laughs> he, goes, he, goes, he goes, I don't want to beat him by one. I want to thump him on this hole. It's like, dude. You get the same thing. You get one up on the hole, and you move to the next. All of a sudden, you're two up. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, he goes at the pin. I think he comes up short a little in the hazard. I've got like a five-foot slider to tie the hole. I'm like, why are you doing this to me, man? And then the next hole, he hits it to a foot. So, you know, or he makes like a, he made like a 22-footer or something on, on uh, six. So, I mean, it's, just, it's stuff like that where he's just – it's about it's about sticking sticking the knife in instead of just you know playing the match for the match and, and I think it's just so great it, it just it brings out the best in him he loves it and when he's on I mean you saw it this year um, I mean he single handedly took down Stinson and Rose on that back nine it was really kind of uh, one of the more amazing performances I've ever seen and fortunate to watch it right in front of me I was trying to help him out made a few pars but geez I mean what was I gonna do. 
I mean, the guy just wanted to stay out of his way. You did start the Patrick Reed chant on 16 as he was coming up for Putty for Eagle. So don't don't say you didn't contribute to that one. (laughs) I was certainly contributing to it. I was still probably 30 yards away from him. But, uh, I mean, mean, that guy, he loves himself a club twirl. He loves it. If he could, I mean, right after he strikes out, I mean, I think it was like a three iron or a hybrid or something into that hole. He's trucking, he's twirling and doing the walk, and I'm standing. I'm standing with Tiger. I'm just kind of looking at Tiger. <laughs> Are you watching this right now? <laughs> he's just smirking. I mean, he didn't really know what to say. It was funny. We, we, had, a, we had a good moment with Tiger. We um, we had a good moment. Um, it's a funny story. We were playing number six actually, and I. It might have been the actual um, same match where he hold the shot, the wedge shot. We hit a tee ball out there and. Uh, um, Tiger, we're walking with Tiger up to, to the ball, and um, Tiger says something like, or I said something like, um, man, Tiger, you've never been able to play this good. You know, I was just joking with him, saying like, um, and we were playing alternate shot, actually. This was a different match, and we've, we've not missed a shot yet. I think Patrick just chipped in the hole before, and, and we're, we're like three up on Sergio and Rafa. And um, I'm like, Tiger, you've never played this good an alternate shot in your life or something. <laughs> He says something like, uh, something, something, something smart back, and, and uh, I want to say, um, I, can't, I, I, wish, I wish I could recall exactly how it went right now, but something where Tiger goes, uh, Patrick said something back to Tiger, Tiger goes, don't worry, Patrick, you only need 79 more, <laughs> or you need like 74 more wins, and, and uh, 14 more majors, and then I go, Patrick, you can't talk to him because you can't even talk to me you need two more majors in life four more wins to get to me i don't it was something and then of course you know he steps up and <laughs> it, it's that kind of talk that gets him going and he i mean he just went off there right afterwards but it was just kind of a it was a funny moment with tiger talking because you don't really hear tiger talk about everything he's drop you know to go back on patrick and, and he used it there because he was like you know screw this guy i'm <laughs> i'm using this right now what the, who is this guy <laughs> that is that's fantastic so you know for the record we've coined what he did on 16 with that with that twirl we call it the reed coil there you go i like that there you go the reed coil um so how much say did did reed really have in you guys going back out for that final match because the What's been reported is that he re- the refused to be sat. Were you guys really going to be sat? And was he like, were you, A, did you want to sit? So, no. no, okay. No, no, no. From the get-go, we were, um, Tiger, Tiger was uh, what he called our, um, you know, our team leader. And, uh, and he, had, he had told us ahead of time, he goes, you guys, you guys get off and running an alternate shot. You're playing again. Um, and then we just kind of took care of that. I mean, we ended up, oh, man. We ended up blowing the, that lead to them. Oh, it just stings me still now that we blew that lead to those to the Spaniards. But at the time, I mean, we were four or five up during the middle of that match. I mean, so they were. I mean, Tiger Tiger came on. I want to say uh, twelve tee box, and he told us you guys are going back out in the afternoon. And I don't I don't know what happened after that. <laughs> we kind of um, <laughs> the bed a little right after that. But uh, um, but we were we we knew we were going back out. We love the best ball format. Um, we, we just knew that between us two, whenever we talked to each other, we knew that we could play our way into playing five matches. And that's, you know, it wasn't about trying to, trying to uh, 
you know, with our words tell anybody. It was, we can play our way into five matches. I think Patrick, in his own talks with um, Davis or, or Tiger, may have said, you know, I'm definitely playing. I'm, <laughs> you want me playing? But I, I couldn't tell you for sure what was said. <laughs> Is Greller still nearby you? You mentioned he yeah, might be. Greller, Greller's right by me here. We're putting him on speaker. He's trying to run away. Sure He's scared. Listen. Well, the question's for you, anyways. But uh, um, so everyone's <laughs> listening. So we are obviously we are proponents of the uh, the pray for Ted Scott hashtag, um, which which is obviously referencing Bubba getting on Ted Scott. And uh, at times this year, it seemed like you you were giving Greller a bit of grief on the golf course, and a a hashtag pray for Greller did emerge at a certain point. So I'm wondering how that, uh, whether or not there was ever any post-round discussion on anything like that, or is this just something that happens on the course that just you shake off? That's the first we heard of this. Michael put his hands up as if he was pumped about that, and... uh, I'll tell you, Mike's got a rough life, man. He lives a tough one. I feel bad for the guy. What do you got to say about that? Boy, the ocean. <laughs> He's, he, I guess he doesn't want to partake. He's shy. <laughs> no, I, uh, man, it's just, it gets intense out there, man. I, uh, we, we, we talk, we talk constantly to each other, feel very involved with each other during all the shots, um, during all the decision making, we're trying to get a bit quicker. I mean, I, I one thing I'd like to do is, um, is certainly speed up my play. I've uh, gotten a little bit of a reputation for um, taking a bit of time. Actually, a few of my bad times, actually three of them, came on number eleven of Augusta this year with swirling winds and a four iron into that green. You know, good luck committing to a shot. But um, uh, but yeah, I mean, we you know we talk all the time. We're we're very um, very into it. Mike's very even keeled. He's very, which is funny because when he's playing himself, it's one of the worst mental games you've ever seen in your entire <laughs> life. But as a caddy, it's like you would think the guy was, I mean, had never played golf in his life before. You know, like he's almost like, it's almost like, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, he's so knowledgeable, but at the same time, so relaxed and, and almost just as assuming of of what's going to come on, on either side and knows what to say on either side. So I feel very fortunate to have Mike. And, uh, um, you know, I mean, he's, he's not standing by me. That's why I'm saying these things right now. Um, <laughs> you'd, never let, you'd never let him hear that in person. <laughs> of course. But, um, but man, yeah, I mean, it, we, we win together, we lose together, you know. And um, we, we, we both have accepted that, that we take the triumph together and we both take the blame together. So... Um, hopefully it comes off that way. Starts, obviously, certain things, certain times get emotional. Uh, you know, I'll never say mud ball on a par three, though. <laughs> Trust me. It's okay if Bubba hears that. We give him crap for it all the time. <laughs> I don't think Bubba is a fan of the No Leg Up podcast. Just going to throw that out there. but uh. yeah, It's never too late. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. You brought that up about about your pace of play. Um, I thought yet yeah, during the Masters there was a lot to that. And I, I kind of I defended you on it in the, in in the sense that with everything that was going on, um, you I felt like you weren't that confident in the way you were striking the ball. You had a lot of really great shots that week, but you had some really shaky ones, and you were just taking taking extra time to to have absolute confidence over it. And then it came down to I th- I think you've even referenced the shot you hit on twelve that you felt like you rushed yourself a little bit. So. Um, how do you? How I do you? Still took two minutes to set a rush myself. <laughs> but, um, 
But no, it's just, it was one of those shots where every time you get on it, you, you want to just step up and hit. You know, just let let kind of your instincts take over, let your hand-eye coordination take over. It doesn't matter how it looks, whatever. Just got a little ahead of it. But um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's something Cameron and I are working on because it, it's not because I necessarily care what other people think to change the way I play golf because that's not the case at all. I used to be a really fast player, and over the past year, two years is when it's kind of changed. I mean, um, and it's just and and the reason we want to shift it back is actually for my own execution. Um, I actually like my practice now with Cameron. He'll put a few balls out and he'll say, "You get one look, then take it back." And in in the middle of your backswing, I'm going to call high fade, high draw, low fade, low draw, whatever, and you have to create the shot then. So it's creating um, kind of an, an instinctive awareness of, of trying to, to take the ball, take the club back quicker. You don't know what shot you're going to play yet, and then just create it after he says it on the way down. So it's kind of good training. Um, we've been quicker in committing to um, quicker in committing to shots, being a little more lax about it, not to the smallest detail. Um and it, and it helped me out. I mean, Australia was a lot better. I've started doing a little the second half of the year this year. Um, but, yeah, it's something that we're certainly working on. Um, again, not because I felt like anybody's opinion really got to me. It's more, uh, you know, hey, that's not a great reputation to have if people are like, oh, shoot, I'm playing with Jordan tomorrow. He plays slow. You know, that's not cool. So um, that and I feel like it will actually help me. There you go. You got time for a couple more questions? or I know you got to go, You got to run, so don't. Yeah, no, no okay. it's good. No worries. Uh, if I ask you, like, I don't mean like a power rankings or who's ranked number one right now or who's the hottest, but if I ask you who's the best golfer in the world, who's the first person you just thought of? I thought of Rory. Uh, I mean, outside, I believe in myself. I think right now um, Rory's capabilities are as, as high as anybody. I thought it was amazing. I mean, I thought it was just – when I looked at um, myself this year and the way that everyone was thinking of my year, and then I, I thought of the way people were writing off Rory McIlroy, I was like, you guys have no idea what you're doing. This guy is unbelievably talented. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I think this whole, you know, a lot of it comes down to the confidence in putting, right, to, to close out. And he's got that confidence in putting back with or just a new look or the ability to be able to not be forced to play something, that kind of thing. Um, you got to watch out for this guy. I mean, he's he's going to be back to number one in the world at some point, I think, pretty soon. Um, I certainly hope that you know we can battle it out with him um, and get back ourselves. Uh, but I think he's – he, DJ, J-Day, I mean, these guys are so talented. Best ball striker, Henrik Stenson. Um, if I'm sitting on the range watching somebody hit balls – um, there's nobody else I'd rather watch than what and Hendrick Stenson strike his irons. I mean, it's an absolute joke. The thing's on a string. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that was a very, very long answer that could have been one word. But <laughs> I'd say myself and then Rory. Well, you answered you answered the next question anyways. The next one was going to be who do you like to stop and watch uh, hit balls on the range? So um, if you could swap out one of your skills for an, uh, the same skill of another player's, like if you could, you wouldn't be your putting, but if you wanted to trade your putting for somebody else, uh, what what skill would you swap out and who would you choose? I would have Dustin Johnson hit drives for me. He's, it's just, it's, it's somewhat tough playing with him 
because you really need to get the tee first so you don't try and do too much watching him hit a tee ball. Do you ever just not just look away when he does tee off so you're not don't even try to match it? No, because it's no because it's still so cool to watch <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> the sound probably just echoes in your ear anyways whether or not you were uh, you were watching it. Um, do you have, so let's say, let's say there's a day where you've got no commitments, nothing planned for the day. I'm guessing there aren't too many of those that you have. Uh, how badly do you want to jump in the car and go to the golf course still? How, how much do you still love golf? Like if you don't need to be practicing on a day, how much do you want to be going out and playing? You know, there's, there's not, not many days where I, I am away from the golf course. I mean, I love it. I, I really, um, now I really appreciate when you get a few good players that are in town for a game, you know, to, to get in and, and have that kind of competition while still kind of giving each other crap, you know, just the stuff you can't necessarily do in a tournament um, that you used to do growing up, that I used to do growing up all the time. I, I love playing golf. I was never really a range rat. I love getting out on the course and kind of creating shots and different lies, different wins. Um, so I'd say very likely um, – that I'd still go to the course, try and find a, a group to play with. But at the same time, you know, you go on a three or four weeks stint of, you know, maybe you took a day off here or there in that, but you're in contention a few weeks in a row. I mean, it takes a lot out of you mentally, you know, when, when you, when you're playing for, for what, you know, when you're playing for whether it's world ranking points or whatever, maybe a major, um, so there are definitely times where I get back and I'm like, I don't even want to look at my golf clubs. I don't even want to know where they are right now. So that's changed from junior golf just because of the kind of level of commitment that we have now where, you know, I'm not in school for from eight till three and then just trying to squeak out, you know, some a few range balls in nine holes after school. You know, this is now I'm at the course from eight till three, you know, so it's, it's, it's changed a bit. I never wanted to go back to school when I was doing that eight to three. So sometimes it's, uh, um, it's like that, but I love the game. I love playing. If, if you can get a group to play. If you and I, so I'm, I'm a rusty three handicap that doesn't play much anymore. If you and I play a game, how many strokes do you have to give me for it to be even remotely interesting? Normally, if we're doing a, uh, when we're playing with, and we've got friends that are anywhere from, you know, zero to, to a 15 that we'll play with, um, normally we put ourselves, the um, say I'm in town, Ryan Palmer's in town, you know, we'll say we're plus fives. So I would stay four aside. No, that's that's not happening. I, I'm going to be. I'm going I'm I'm to need more than that. <laughs> that's in like a wolf game where you know you, you team up. If, I, I I really haven't played many kind of straight on me for you know like a lot of guys play MJ uh, in Florida. There, They'll, you know, Ricky will play against MJ or Justin. Um, and I, I mean, they get. I think they play off plus six or seven in order to play him. Um, just a straight-up game. But normally we like playing a wolf game or quarters or left and right, something like that, and we'll just give strokes accordingly. <laughs> How true is MJ's handicap? I feel like that's one of those that, that those uh, like celebrity athlete handicaps that gets overinflated. You know, I, I've, I've, never, um, I've never played golf with him. Hmm. Um, so I, I don't even know what handicap is, to be honest with you, but better of, of MJ more than, more than he does of them. But I'm sure he probably enjoys his wins more because I don't think he really cares much about the money he loses. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's good on that front. So I'll let you get out of here. I know I'm taking up more time than you uh, than you have available. But uh, I, I, I found it really interesting that UConn from like in 2013 being a guy that was using sponsors exemption 
to you know trying to get your card to now being one of the biggest brand stewards in the game. Like, did th- did this transition feel really quick to you? Like to 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 where you are today? Did you expect to be here uh, four years ago? Uh, not necessarily. No, no, no. I to be totally honest with you, four years ago. Um, Four years ago, I was I went through second stage of Q school and I missed it, and I hit sixty five of seventy two greens in regulation, and I hit thirty of them inside of fifteen feet, and I didn't I didn't make it through. I was so off in my putting woes. I was so mental. I was I mean I literally it was I mean it was bad. And I I was watching tournaments. I was watching Hawaii. I think I was watching Sony and Russell Henley and Scott Langley. I think were battling it out. And I knew these guys. I was on the Walker Cup team with them. And um, and I knew I could play with those guys, and I'm watching them go head-to-head and make all these putts. I'm like, how am I going to do that? I, mean, I was literally that um, – There, I had that little confidence in, in, my, in my putting and ability for that to help carry me. And um, so, no, back then there was no chance I could have seen what happened. I just kind of dug through it with work. I mean, I found a way to get over um, – I had short putting lows, found a way to get over that, um, and then just practiced working on my speed, stroke – uh, and then try to improve the rest of the game in the, in the process. Um, but through 2013, you know, I mean, obviously that was a that was a whirlwind year. That one went by really fast with a lot of different changes. From you know, I'm not sure if or where I'm going to be able to play this year. To okay, we got Web.com status. To two weeks later, okay, we have PJ Tour status. Just in a four week stretch. So, um, you know, that was uh, that was where. But when I look back. Does it feel like it's all happened really fast or slow? I mean, it really depends on how I look at it because um, some days I feel like it was yesterday. I was in high school. Some days I feel like it was 20 years ago. I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot that's happened. I, f- I feel like I've, I've, lived, um, li- I've lived a career, f- you know, for some people. Um, yet, you know, a few years in uh, and hopefully 20-plus to go. So, it's just weird. It's weird. It's weird. It just depends on how you look at it. Um, but I'm, I certainly feel very fortunate the way things have worked out. I mean, you got to create your own luck, uh, and in the process, hopefully, you get some some good breaks you did or didn't deserve, and uh, like hitting a flag stick on a bunker shot that gets you <laughs> PGA Tour status. You know, I mean, but that comes with with believing that it can come. You know, I mean, you believe the you believe it's against you. There's no chance you're making that putt, but you believe that it can lip in. You got that entire hole to make it. Thing thing goes in. It just it just does. It's um it's crazy how how much goes on in the head and how it controls the outcome. You caught that bunker shot then, didn't you? I caught it. I caught it closer to the ball than I wanted. <laughs> it was one of those where you're trying to kind of kind of carry it halfway and run it out. And it was one of those that had a little spin. It, I think it, I think it would have held in on the fringe on the other side. That's what I tell everybody. <laughs> Brandon Snedek gives me a really hard time about that. He's like, there's no doubt that was one hopping into the water. I'm just like, Brent, the thing was spinning. He's like, no chance. <laughs> so um, I, I, I'm still going to live by um, – I wasn't going to win the tournament, but I wasn't going to make double. I was going to have a long par putt, uh, but it was certainly a game-changing break for me. <laughs> what is a, a tournament week? What does it look like socially for you? I mean, I imagine every everywhere you go, you, there's somebody you know that you know wants to have dinner or whatnot, like – Pre-practice rounds, are you doing stuff socially, and then like once the week starts, do you shut everything down at ten o'clock, or how? Do, what, what's a what's a normal tour week look like socially for you? Um, you know, 
it depends on the week. It depends on where you are. You know, like the, the AT&T at Pebble, um, with everyone that's there that week, you, you typically are um, meeting up, having more dinners, having a little more fun, and um, because you're you're just in a cool position with some some really um, you know really really cool people to be around, whether they're athletes or um, actors, singers, songwriters, whatever it may be, kind of picking their brain, learning a lot. I mean, you just don't really get that chance, and then you get other weeks where you're in places where you just kind of go back to the hotel or you you, know, you go to the gym or whatever it may be. Um, I would say for the most part before the tournament starts a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, socially normally going out to dinner with, you know, other guys, a couple of those nights, um, during the tournament, it kind of depends on what everyone's tea times are, but you normally try, I mean, the last couple years now that, you know, I've got a lot of friends out here the first year or two, I was the youngest by five. Ricky was probably second youngest on tour two or three years ago. I mean, he's, you know, four or five years, five years older than me. So, um, I, you know, I didn't really have many people to hang out with. Now I've got a lot of my friends I've grown up with out on tour and, uh, it's a lot of fun sharing that experience. So we, we certainly love to, to go out, we go to dinner, but yeah, I mean, we're not, un, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, sometimes, fortunately, we're, we're not out like the guys in the seventies till you know, two a.m. Faraday rolling in, <laughs> trying to get up at seven a.m. for his tea time at seven fifty. You know, that's not. Uh, he's told me some of those stories, but um, normally, normally in normally in bed or at least getting ready to be back by by ten during a tournament week, and then Sunday night we'll kind of have a few beers. So um, that's kind of it. Yeah, I mean it's it's a lot of fun because we go to cool places, we do a lot of fun things. Um, at the same time, you know, I mean, if you really, you really want to have a chance to succeed that week, you gotta, you gotta be disciplined. Yeah. It's kind of boring, I guess, for what you guys were looking for. No, no, no. I figured that was, that was, um, that was the case. I mean. Getting carried away and it catches up with you now and the way the game's changed. Not everybody's doing that. Yeah, no, I, I think that's more the modern day. Uh, there's not too many guys that are doing the old John Daly or Faraday rolling in that late, but. I don't know how much you've gotten to look at or gotten to play Aaron Hills. I know you've played, played Quail Hollow. I, th- I would assume you have. Uh, how do you think the major venue set up for you this year? I played, um, let's see, uh, I, I feel obviously very confident about the first one. And then we go to uh, Aaron Hills. I played the U.S. Amateur there, played it well, lost in the quarterfinals. Um, a track that's going to... Um, you know, if you're comparing, like, the U.S. Opens of the Shinnecock, the Oakmont variety, this is going to be more of the Chambers Bay variety, a little bit different, um, more of a link style. Uh, so um, I feel good about our history there. Um, and then Quail Hollow, Burkdale, I haven't played. I played the Junior Open at Hesketh, which is a club right next to Burkdale. And we went, um, we went and actually watched the first round of Burkdale that year, the last time it was there. I think Padraig Harrington won it, and we watched him a bit that first round. Uh, and then Quail Hollow I played in 2013. I think it's an awesome golf course. Um, great finishing holes. It's going to be a really exciting tournament to finish. I think um, you know, Burkdale is going to be the toughest of the venues, in my opinion. Uh, that, that course is just, it's just mean. Um, but the rest, I mean, it, it's going to be a fun year for the majors. I mean, this year was a great year for major venues. I mean, a great year. 2015 was, a, was 
you know, I, I was the one who came out liking Chambers Bay, so it was a phenomenal <laughs> place, a phenomenal place, uh, venues there too. So, um, you know, all in all, um, that's what we're gearing up for. That's what it's all about. Sweet. All right, Jordan Speed, thank you so much for your time, man. I'll finally let you get out of here. Uh, best of luck this week in the Bahamas, the new season. I'm picking you to win the Masters, um, <clears throat> so I'm confident what what's in store for 2017, and uh, thank you for taking the time with me today. Oh, of course, man. You got it. No worries. Appreciate we, that. We'll catch up soon, man. Thank you. All right. Sounds good, man. Hey, keep doing your thing. I love it. All right. Appreciate it, man. Take care. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah! Ronnie, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most!